Hello, members of the Resilient Catholics community. Dr. Peter here. This is week 43. Week 43. And this week is all about loving God with your whole heart. Loving God with your whole heart. Emphasis on the whole. Welcome. It is great to be with you. We are going to review week 42 just briefly. Now, in week 42 last week, we talked about self-concept and self-images. Your self-concept is what you intellectually believe about yourself, who you profess yourself to be, what you understand about yourself, your mental construct of yourself. It's what you embrace. It's what you consciously describe yourself as. Your self-image, on the other hand, is who you feel yourself to be in a particular moment. Self-images are much more emotionally driven. They're much more intuitive and subjective. They vary a lot more from moment to moment for most people. And self-images go along with God images. They impact each other. They complement each other. Self-images can flow from God images. They can conform to those God images. But self-images can also impact God images. It can cut the other way. Whichever part blends with you, that part will bring his or her God image, and that God image will be dominant. That part will also bring its self-image to the front, and that self-image will be dominant. Self-images are unique to each part, and some parts will have little sense of God, some parts may not be very concerned about God. Other parts might be really, really concerned about God. And the same thing with self. Some parts might not be all that concerned about self-image. Others really, really focused on the self. What is curative? Well, in a word, love is curative. Love from God, love from others, love from the self. It has to be relational. And so we are continuing to discuss love. It's the major focus of the RCC is being loved and loving. So today, we're really getting into loving God with your whole heart. That's the great commandment. Luke 10, 27, Jesus answered, You shall love the Lord thy God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. There's way too much to cover about what that means in one interconnections talk. But fortunately, we have the advanced RCC to be able to go into this topic in much more detail. And so we are really going to be focusing on that as we move forward in the advanced RCC. But let's get into what this means for us personally, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with your whole heart and all your soul, with your whole soul and all your strength and all your mind. This is really, really important. This is the first great commandment. But most of us are significantly fragmented inside, many internal disconnects among our parts. And when many Catholics are working on loving God, that, quote, love, end quote, is coming from one part or maybe from two or three parts of them. These are usually the parts 
that handle spiritual matters. These are usually the parts that work on managing the relationship with God. So I'm going to invite you to imagine these spiritual parts as the officers of the watch on the deck of a clipper ship. The rest of the parts, the sailors, are confined below decks. So the spiritual parts, the ones that pray, the ones that manage your spiritual relationship with God, they are on the deck of the clipper ship. They've banished all the rest of the parts below decks. The hatches are closed. They're bolted shut. They're guarded. And down below decks, that's where you have the banished sailors. Those are the exiles, internal lepers, tax collectors, prostitutes, the undesirable parts, the lost parts, our spiritual mutineers, our heretical parts, our neglected parts, our outcasts. These are the parts that are angry at God, that are disappointed with God, that are terrified of God, the parts who seek to avoid God, to run away and hide from God, all because of distorted God images, negative God images. These are the parts who don't seem to our spiritual parts to be presentable to God. They're not the parts that relate appropriately to God. These are the parts who might want to call God names or argue with him or criticize him or blame him or reject him or rebel against him. These are the parts that might say to him in their young voices, you are a bad God. Those parts, parts with really negative God images parts not deemed fit to be presented to God because of our spiritual manager's fears that God will reject them. But here's the thing. Any loving of God that excludes these parts is incomplete. Any loving of God that excludes these parts cannot be wholehearted, even if there's a lot of emotional intensity, because so much of the person is left out Every part is essential. When God calls us into a loving relationship with him, he calls all of us, all parts of us. Some Christians who know about the multiplicity of self, who know about parts, focus on loving God just with their innermost selves, not with their parts. Or they might have a part that tries to get all the other parts into some kind of nursery, some kind of daycare, so the innermost self can relate with God. But what does our Lord say? Our Lord says to us in Matthew 19:14, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven belongs to the little children. We need those parts. They're absolutely essential because they help us with things like awe and wonder, with childlike simplicity. They're absolutely essential. Just like you can't have an orchestra if you take all the musicians and you send them away so that just the conductor is interacting. Loving God with all our parts is going to be really awkward It's going to be really messy. It's going to be clumsy. It's going to be approximate, like the love of children always is. We're not going to be good at loving God with our whole being, with all our parts, initially. In fact, the more important something is, the less precisely we're able to do it. And the most important thing we can do is to love. 
and it's necessarily going to be awkward and clumsy. There's going to be a lack of precision. It's not going to be tidy. It's going to be messy. Most people do not even try to love with their whole being. They don't think along the lines of multiplicity. So you all are quite ahead of the game already, just with understanding that we have a multiplicity and a unity within us. All right, so how do we begin to consider loving God with our whole being, with our whole selves, with our whole hearts? I'm going to go back to this. You have heard it before, unblending. Unblending is so important. We talked about unblending at length in weeks 6 and 21 especially. It's really helpful when we are trying to love God to recognize when we are blended. To say to him, Lord, I'm blended right now. I'm blended with a manager. I'm blended with a firefighter. I'm blended with an exile. I'm blended with my Catholic standard bearer. I recognize that I'm blended. When we pray, I'm going to invite you to pray for parts, not from parts, right? This brings the self in, your core innermost self, the core of your being. We want that core of your being, your innermost self, to be present in prayer, if possible. Now, if that's not possible, if you're just so blended, you're, you're in a part, pray anyway, okay? Pray anyway. But if you are aware that you're blended, then there is at least some recognition present. That core innermost self, that's the part that has the role of sanctioning. And what I mean by sanctioning means embracing. Catholic philosopher and phenomenologist Dietrich von Hildebrand, in his book Transformation in Christ, gave us advice for dealing with intense situations. He said, quote, by an act of our free personal center, we can either sanction or disavow our emotional attitude, which involves a far-reaching modification of the inmost nature of our attitudes. A mood of malicious satisfaction, for instance, which we expressly disavow in our mind, is decapitated, as it were. It is revoked and declared invalid and thereby, and thereby deprived not only of its outward efficacy, but to a large degree even of its intrinsic virulence. Okay, so it's always hard when I bring philosophical stuff in and try to read it in an interconnection stock, right? What von Hildebrand is telling us is that we have this free personal center. He's talking about the self. And with that free personal center, we can either sanction or disavow the emotional attitudes, what he calls an emotional attitude. We're going to talk about that as being more than an emotional attitude. We're going to talk about that as being a part that's blended, that's taking over. And we can sanction what that part says, or we can disavow it. Now, what I want to emphasize here is that when we disavow something, that doesn't mean we want to be nasty to the part. The part, again, is trying to find something good. It's seeking a perceived good for us. But we also sometimes need to be firm with these parts, but with love. If we're firm with parts out of fear, 
That's another part. It's not our innermost self. We want to be firm with parts out of love. Remember, parts are really young. They have very limited vision. They have very limited understanding, a very limited perspective. And working with parts effectively is a lot like working with little children. We don't let little young parts with their limited vision drive our spiritual bus. We don't want them managing our spiritual lives. Even if they seem big and knowledgeable, like those officers of the watch on our clipper ship, even if they intellectually know a lot of theological and spiritual stuff, even if they know big words like hypostatic union and metanoia and transubstantiation, they are still small parts. So, unblending, that's really, really important to practice that unblending. Week six, week 21, you can review that if you need to. There's lots of uh, exercises around unblending that you that we have in our archives. Then integration. Now, I did a weekly reflection on October 12th called Why is Interior Integration Crucial for Union with God? You can get that on our website, soulsandhearts.com backslash blog and go back to October 12th Why is interior integration crucial for union with God? And Catholic philosopher Eleanor Stumpf, in her excellent and readable volume, Wandering in Darkness, which is focused on the problem of suffering, she writes, I have tried to show some of the conditions necessary for one person to be close to another, and I have argued that internal psychological integration is one of them. Union and love requires mutual closeness and rich shared attention. And so it also requires that each of those united in love be internally integrated in this way. If this is what Aquinas has in mind in claiming that love of another is predicated first on love of oneself, then he seems to me right. That's what we're working on in our parts work, that interior integration, not just unblending, but eventually these parts working together Connecting with the innermost self, being in right relationship with the self, which helps them to be in right relationship with each other. And then you can have the collaboration and cooperation. Then the orchestra begins to make really beautiful music. There's harmony, there's melody. Father Jacques Philippe, in addition to unblending and integration, we also need ordered self-love. Father Jacques Philippe, he wrote in his book, Call to Life, that, quote, love of God, love of neighbor, and love of self grow together and sustain one another as they grow. If one is absent or neglected, the others suffer. Like the legs of a tripod, all three are needed in order to stand, and each leans on the other. Love of self, love of neighbor, love of God. And in my October 5th, 2022 weekly reflection, St. Thomas Aquinas, You Must Love You First, Anthony Flood says, quote, If a person loves himself rightly, he will love others rightly. On the other hand, if he relates to himself through a disordered love, he can neither relate to others rightly nor enter into a deep union with them. According to Aquinas, Proper self-love is the gateway. It is required for you to be able to love your neighbor in an ordered way. Proper self-love is essential. And we've been talking about that also in the Interior Integration for Catholics podcast. Episodes 98, episodes 99, all about love, self-love. So, a huge focus in the RCC is this 
need for self-love. The eight C's, recollection, your innermost self leading and guiding and caring for and loving your parts. That's how we approach self-love. And we do it not just because it's a good thing for you to love yourself in an ordered way, but because it opens the door to being able to love God and to love your neighbor, to following the two great commandments. Then the need for relationship with our parts. No part left behind in the spiritual life. We are called to love wholeheartedly. Now, here comes a dad wordplay. I have a dad synonym for wholeheartedly, a synonym that even rhymes with wholeheartedly. And that synonym is wholeheartedly. <laughs> wholeheartedly. Right? We want to love God wholeheartedly. And what I mean by that is loving God with every single one of our parts. With our innermost self, yes. With our souls, with our bodies too, with every fiber of our being, with everything within us. Not just those one or two or three young managers on the deck of the clipper ship. Your ship needs all of your crew to be whole. There are so many gifts, so many talents, so many aspects of you, so many good things about you that your banished parts hold. And when your clipper ship, when it meets heavy weather, when the storms of life come, when the wind howls and the waves are high and you need all hands on deck to shorten sail, those one or two or three young managers, those watch officers, they will not be able to handle the, the job alone. They need their captain. They need you. They need your innermost self. They also need every sailor, every crew member down to the youngest cabin boy. Now, I want to emphasize that God understands. God knows that we're fragmented. He knows that we're disconnected inside and he has this deep love for us. We want to respond to that love. God sees our good intentions. I remember when I was really young, probably four or five years old, and it was September in Wisconsin. And I went out and I found a whole field of beautiful flowers. And I said, oh, my mom would love these flowers. Mom would just love these flowers. So I went and harvested a huge huge bouquet, as many as I could carry in my little arms, and I brought them home to mom. Mom was really allergic to ragweed, and that's what I was bringing into the house, a huge, <laughs> a huge allergic reaction, right? She was very gracious, though. She celebrated the flowers. She put them on the table. She made the big deal out of them for about, you know, five or 10 minutes, which is what my attention span was at that time for such things. And then she put them outside, right? But she, she understood that I was trying to give her something good, that I was trying to love her. We need to connect with God, even if it's awkward, even if it's messy, even if it's approximate, God understands our good intentions. He can handle the intensity of your parts. The greatest sin here with the two great commandments is one of omission, of not loving your God and your neighbor, of not trying, of not reaching out, of hiding. So God is going to accept so many errors of commission, so many sins of commission as we make mistakes in trying to love him and our neighbor. He can work with that. God can work with that. He wants us engaged. But when we shut God out, when we keep him from connecting with most of us, when we isolate so much of ourselves, so many of our parts from him, 
then we deprive ourselves. We deprive our parts of God's healing touch. We deprive our parts of God's love. So, we've come to the end of our interconnections talk. I'm going to invite you to see how this makes sense at an intellectual level, how God wants you to love him with all your parts. And I'm going to just maybe have a discussion about this whole idea of loving God wholeheartedly. Just how is that for your managers, especially for your spiritual parts? And I will see you on the other side for the experiential exercise.